Hello, everyone, and welcome to Digital Roadmap, an old-school gaming podcast where we explore how the games of the past brought us the games that we love today. This episode, we're going to look at what happens when games promise more than they deliver. Just because a game's hyped up doesn't mean everyone will have an issue with it. Keep in mind, these are pretty much just my opinions on the topic, and some of these games are ones I've loved over the years. You may not have, you may, and some of these games I may criticize, you may love, and I don't. Hype is completely subjective. Let's be honest here, hype really is about marketing. It's about driving you to go out and get the game beforehand or go to the movie regardless of whatever the reviews are or just basically engage with material regardless of what the more critical aspect thinks of it. It wants you to be a fan even before you decide that you're going to be a fan. And the way I'm looking at hype for this episode really is a game promising much more than it can deliver. Sometimes the plans and the ambitions of the developers really outweigh realistic goals. Sometimes it's just straight up BS to try and score some sales, knowing that you're going to buy it without paying attention. You're going to pre-order, never pre-order. And sometimes the budget and the time available get away from the team. It may have been fully intended to follow through on all these ideas, but they just ran out of time. They ran out of money. They needed to get it out. Now, it used to be that hype was good. Hype really got people excited. It really got people uh, on hand for a game. And it usually lived up to it. Something like, say, let's look at the original Pokemon. It really lived up to everything it promised because it promised the key things. It just made it sound amazing. Hype used to get great attention for the games. It would get some great quotes for magazines and early news sites. Eventually, though, players got wise and just started getting angry. If it didn't match all the expectations that were sold at the beginning, people would get upset. Nowadays, it's a gamble. Most marketing tends to shy away from too much hype, and they shy away from making too big of promises, so much so that one of the topics I'm going to cover here, they ended up basically encouraging him to stop talking. Now, let's do the bad games right out of the gate. These are games that got really hyped up and then just died. It ruined the reputation. There was no coming back from it. The first one I'm going to talk about is Aliens Colonial Marines. Now, this game showed an amazing demo at E3. It lived up to the fantasies that everybody wanted. A terrifying game surviving against an army of xenomorphs from the Alien franchise. It's what everybody wanted to. And then it launched, and the AI was absolute garbage. The xenomorphs, the aliens would just run straight at you. They showed no strategy. They showed no ability to stalk you or attack you from multiple sides like they were showing in the demo at E3. Now, the caveat with this is that it turns out it was a bug in the code that no one found until years later, and it can be fixed. It's a little tweak in the code. Like, you can go in and fix it just by editing a file. But the damage is already done. The reputation was destroyed. The developer and the publisher were fighting over whose fault it was, essentially. And, I mean, that title, that game title is now cursed. Eventually, Alien Isolation came out, and while Aliens Colonial Marines was trying to fulfill the fantasy of aliens, Isolation fulfilled the fantasy of Alien, where it's you being stalked and just the stealth and the horror and the terror of the situation. The other one I want to look at that just failed because of the hype was Mighty Number no. 9. It was a crowdfunded game from the original creator of Mega Man and some of the veterans of the Mega Man team. It was a huge crowdfunding success. It was in that window when every new game being crowdfunded 
was the record-setting crowdfunding game goal. Now, despite long delays with this game, hope stayed high. A lot of people went, okay, they're delaying it. That's fine. That's great. They're taking their time. It's still going to be a great game because this is the original guy behind Mega Man. This, this guy created a genre of games, essentially. When it came out, it wasn't horrible, but it was the term I've come to use, the term I've loved hearing over the years is it was offensively average when it came out. And really, to me, this game was a result of everybody was hyping it up. It, it was really fan hype. The public was hyping it for what it was. But it's just probably one of those cases where designers are not always good producers. The resources weren't being spent well. The resources weren't being managed the way they could have been or as well as they could have been. And that just hurt the game in the long run because nobody was overseeing it. Nobody was saying, okay, that's good enough. Let's move on to another element of this so that all of these elements can be good instead of just everything kind of making do with what it is. So those were the games that were hurt by hype, that were absolutely destroyed by it and never to bounce back. Now I want to look at a couple games that really did a great job recovering from failing to meet the hype. The first one and kind of the prime example everybody would use these days is No Man's Sky. I mean, they promised tons that wasn't there at launch. One persistent universe, other players and their settlements being right there, a detailed plot, certain creatures like sandworms that are only just now getting into the game. None of this stuff was there at launch. And there was a lot of doubt. Like there was actually a lot of healthy skepticism because this was a small studio. This was one of their first projects that they've put out at this scale. And nobody really thought it could live up to the hype, but we all kind of wanted it to. If you played it, admit it, you wanted it to live up to that hype when you saw what they were promoting. Now, there were a lot of people upset by it missing all this content, and that is absolutely fair. They were basically sold a bill of goods in the promotion. They grabbed it, no hesitation, and it was not what they expected. Now, since the game's come out, they have done an amazing job. The design team has done such an amazing job working to add that promised content, and it's cost no extra charge to the players. This has all been free content updates, which is amazing to see. The sandworms I mentioned actually just recently got added in the last year, and that's four years after release. They've added something that was in the promotional trailer. So they've been committed to making this game more. If anything, I see this as kind of a positive to the constant update system that we have nowadays for games where you can get this stuff going. And the other thing is they've been keeping players engaged. They've been building up their brand ambassadors, if you will, because they've been doing alternate reality games to launch key elements of the game. Major plot update, they had an arc for. The big, hey, multiplayer people can come into your world now. They created an arc for, like they, they've been working with actually Allison Smith, a wonderful alternate reality game team that does a lot of great work for promotional games. They've been working with them to really promote all this too. So they've done a great job, not just fulfilling the promises of the game, but really rebuilding the hype in the fan base and keeping hype waves going to show that they actually care and to work with the community. Another game that really had a great hype going in because the previous one that it had done was so successful was Final Fantasy XIV. Now, this was the second Final Fantasy massively multiplayer online game, and the initial release just did not meet any of the expectations of the player base. It fell flat on its face. It 
it was so bad they actually took the game down and reworked it from the ground up. The lead design team changed, and there was an official relaunch. Like, this game was released twice. The first time, oh, God, what did we do? The second time, this is what we meant to do. And that really helped regain goodwill with the fans. The people who had already bought the game did not need to buy a new copy of it just because they relaunched it. And since then, it's become a major success. It's still going strong today. They're still releasing new content. You go to a gaming news site, you're going to come across something about Final Fantasy XIV once every couple months, minimum. Now, the third category I want to look at are games that got really hyped up and just kind of slipped past it, whether they, it did not live up to the hype at all, but they kind of got by on it. Nobody really got too mad at them. The question of why is debatable at times. The first one I'm going to talk about actually is Watch Dogs, the stealth hacking, quote-unquote hacking game from Ubisoft. And the trailers and the demos for it looked amazing during all the conventions. It, you could hack anything. You can hack everything around you and engage with the world in untold ways. And it was such a cool idea to see. When it came out, it did not have that depth that everybody was expecting. And again, this was a lot of fan hype, a lot of people speculating what it was going to be. But it just didn't live up to it. It was like, oh, you can get a little bit of information. Maybe that guy has some money in his account you can steal. And they never really fixed it in the main game. Obviously, the core game did well enough to justify a sequel, and this is an Ubisoft franchise, so out of the modern Ubisoft world, it's not too surprising. Watch Dogs 2 did much better. It fulfilled a lot more of those promises. This is the same way that Assassin's Creed versus Assassin's Creed 2 worked. The only difference is with Watch Dogs, it was essentially almost described as Assassin's Creed modern. You already had all those groundbreaking stuff done in the original Assassin's Creed. So it the flaws stuck out more. Whereas with the original Assassin's Creed, a lot of the ways you were interacting with the world were so unique, so new, so undone before. That people kind of forgave its other stumbling blocks. Whereas Watch Dogs, they had a chance, they'd already had a chance to fix it. And they didn't. And now the other example of companies that can slip past hype cycles is a whole studio. It's Lionhead Studio Games. They're no longer around anymore, at least in the sense that they were. And pretty much every single game that they ever made, they promised far, far, far more than they ever delivered on. The thing is, these were still solid games on their own, right? They just weren't what was expected. And the reason they were able to survive this concept of, hey, you've got this full world that you can interact with, everybody has their own personalities, People will react to you based on your actions. They will give you nicknames depending on how you behave. And the game only giving you one nickname, Chicken Chaser. The reason they were able to survive that is because everyone knew that's what the head of the company did. He always promised more. He always had these grand ideas that he could never quite fulfill. And that man, I have dubbed him the king of hype. And that is Peter Molyneux. And yeah, he was the head of Lionhead Studios. He was also the head of 22 Cans, which was the company he went off and formed after Lionhood kind of shut down. And he was told, hey, Peter, just stop. He actually went to a point where he was told to stop promoting things and he tried to scale back and he couldn't. But he's famous. He's legendary for the high level of promises in the games that he's involved in. He swore you could change the world entirely. 
as a player base as a whole, and you never really could. He's also one of the original creators of the god game genre stuff with Bullfrog Games. Stuff like Populous was the one he worked on. But any game where you're controlling the world around you, LucasArts did Afterlife, another literally a god game. Peter Molyneux helped create this genre. So he does get that leeway because of it, I think. I mean, it became a joke that he could promise you a box, give you a paper bag, and if you were shocked, it's your own fault. Like You knew what you were getting with him. He would promise you these things. If, if he had been the head of Bethesda during the Fallout 76 rollout, people would have been much less angry because it would have been them looking at the, can, the quote-unquote canvas bag that's just not ongoing. I don't know what I expected. It was Peter that said this. Now, as a whole, I'm actually much more forgiving than the average person is for Peter Molyneux, and that's because what I saw from him was an unabashed, unashamed enthusiasm for what games have the potential to be. He made you want to believe that all these things were going to be possible. He made you believe that this system that you knew had its limitations could create the greatest world simulation ever. And we all know the greatest world simulation ever is Dwarf Fortress. There's nothing that's ever going to top that. Let's be honest. But he made you want to believe that. He made you love the idea of what this game could be, of what he saw when he was working on the design of this game. So I can't get too mad at him because there was passion. And there's not enough of that in the marketing speak we get these days. Now, I want to share a little bit of advice, basically ways not to be disappointed, because the biggest problem with hype is the disappointment that comes when games don't live up to the hype. Now, a lot of the games that end up on these most hyped games lists that are out there, they're there because the players were expecting too much. Everybody took this little bit of information and ran with it and said, oh my God, that's going to be this, which again, that passion, that excitement is great. But temper that a little bit. Look at it from a realistic, realistic perspective of what is capable and what isn't. And again, these games, most of them that are hyped, aren't bad. They're not disappointing games. They just don't live up to the expectations that everyone has. Your, your best attitude is go in and judge the game on its own merits, not on the merits of this massive hype. Fable 1 did not live up to what Peter Molyneux promised. It was still a fun game. It still had a lot of great elements to it. It did some very amazing things with what it did. And just use your general rule of thumb, caveat emptor, this whole attitude of buyer beware. You know, if a promise sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If Peter Molyneux was working on a Kinect game, hypothetically, where you could interact with a young boy and just like draw a picture, show him the picture, and he would take that picture and play with it, of course that game never actually made it to market. Of course they weren't able to get the AI doing all that on an Xbox 360. So basically, if you avoid listening to too much press, you'll be able to just appreciate the game on its own merits. That's my main advice. So that's it for games that can be overhyped and the risks involved with hype, really. Thanks for joining me this episode. And if you want to reach out, you can do that on Twitter at Roadmap Podcast. Come to the website, roadmappodcast.com. Feel free to suggest some older games while you're there, maybe some that I should play, share some of your favorite memories, or just ask questions. I'm always open for questions. I love answering questions. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, really wherever you're, you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this or where your friend's listening to this that you're overhearing. 
the guy on the subway that's listening to this because we're getting back out in the world and are going to be on subways again more often. Subscribe. Next episode, we'll be looking at one of Peter Molyneux's games, actually. Obviously, this is why I covered hype, is so I could talk about a Peter Molyneux game. And this game was very, very hype. It's going to be Black and White 2. I chose Black and White 2 mostly because I wasn't able to get Black and White 1 up and running properly, so I work with what I've got. But come back then, and thanks for listening.